Welcome to the Manly Things Podcast. This is Andrew Ross. And Justin Bush. And thanks for joining us where we will be talking all things manly. Yes, all things manly. Hey, you know, we're really excited that you guys listened to our first podcast. I think we were expecting that maybe we would have three or four uh, two being Justin and I, and hopefully both of our wives listened. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, they just downloaded it. So, yeah, it sounded good. But, man, we're we're excited to see a lot of you um, download it. I don't know if you listened to it, but, you know, we're having a good time, and we are glad that you at least subscribed and downloaded it. Yeah, we do appreciate that. I mean, it's kind of fun. This is fun for us. We're learning as we go, um, continue to learn as we go. And another thing I know, I've had a few people um, give me a – call or shoot me a text and say hey where's your uh, second episode last week and i said oh we don't have it up yet and the reason being is uh, we're going to be doing recordings every other week um i think that just fits our lives right now <laughs> yeah you should have told them mind your own business <laughs> yeah mind your own business man <laughs> we got some stuff going on this isn't this isn't our day job no obviously no we're both you know we got full-time jobs we have wives, we have children, and so yeah. This and is, dogs now. And, and, and we both have dogs now, which, yeah, so we recently, well, recently, last night, decided uh, it might be a good idea to get a puppy. Um, you know, it was 2020, and apparently, like, puppy sales have gone through the roof. Um, I think just because a lot of people <laughs> were locked up and oh, they're, yeah. they're wanting companionship, right? There ought to be some of the best trained dogs <laughs> coming out of this 2020 <laughs> buying class. Either that or the most obese, lazy dogs along with their obese owners who sat inside. <laughs> hey, man. Maybe they'll be obese and well-trained. Hey, you know, you that never, counts for something. You never know. So Sam and I, Sam's my wife, um, we both grew up with dogs and so we loved dogs and we had one before Judah and we, and, uh, we had to rehome him after we moved a couple times and now Judah's two and a half years old and he's been kind of asking about a dog and we've been wanting to get another dog and so we've been looking and uh, a couple weeks ago we saw someone here in town had a litter of yellow labs and Sam's dad actually had a chocolate lab came to town judah loved it and we just did some research that labs were great dogs and so we're like yeah let's get this dog and it was all a great idea until we brought the dog home <laughs> and then yep. um then the you know the first package left on the uh the floor i had to clean up was within about five minutes of dog being there then uh, obviously once we go to bed and put in its crate and the crying starts and you start thinking why in the world do we think this was a good idea Dude, I knew that was going to happen. So my wife, Clarissa, tells Sam, because we had we hung out Friday night this week, ate some pizza, and my wife tells Sam, I can't wait to have a conversation with you the day after you have your dog, and then <laughs> a week later. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, as you guys have your little puppy, what, what goes on. Now, you got a lab, so... Right now, you got puppy pee and puppy poop. Yes. But eventually, you're not going to have those little logs anymore. No, no, no surprise packages. See, I've got a, I've got a little six pound dog, which make fun of me all you want. This is not very manly. This is the Manly Things podcast, <laughs> and I have the least manly dog you could ever see. But I'll tell you what, man, that little dog, it's got like 
all the best things of a dog and all the best qualities of a cat all wrapped into one. I wouldn't trade her for the world. She rings the bells when she's got to go outside. There's not a mean bone in her body. She just sleeps, cuddles, plays the perfect amount, doesn't bark, and her poop are like little Tootsie Rolls. So it's super easy. <laughs> that is nice because, you know, this dog is probably just doing research. You know, minimum weight is around 60 pounds. Max for a male lab is around 85. And so, you picked the biggest puppy. And we got the biggest one out of the litter. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard not to. So obviously we went over to the p- people's house and we go into the room and there's 12 like yellow lab puppies. And like that's almost like everyone's dream, right? Going in a room and you got all these puppies like climbing on you and Judah was pumped about it. And she was like handing us dogs to look at. And then out of the kennel comes this big old fat pudgy one like, <laughs> and like we already had a name for our dog, uh, Hank. And in my mind, I'm thinking Hank the Tank. Hank and I'm like, tank. that's Hank right there. That's Hank like waddling out. And uh, it was funny because we picked him up last night. She said, yeah, he's by, cause she took him to the vet to get some first things done. She said, hey, he's by far the biggest. She said, he's 8.3 pounds. And he's eight weeks old right now. So, well, there you go. <laughs> so, in six months, when I'm still picking up my Tootsie Rolls, <laughs> you're going to be picking up big old king size Reese Fast Breaks. <laughs> Landmines <laughs> out in the backyard, man. Uh, and yeah, that, I don't know what I was thinking because Judah's not old enough to go out there and do that yet. Nope. It's all you, man. <laughs> it's all you or Sam, which means you're going to hear about it. Yes. So, one way or the other, it's on you. It's on me. So, so yeah, we got a dog. Name's Hank, Hank the Tank, Yellow Lab, eight weeks old. And, uh, yeah, so you do a bell with your dog for, like, potty training. Oh, yeah, man. Best thing ever. See, we always do crate training, and so that's what we're trying right now, which sucks at first because they just cry the whole time. But then eventually they're just like, this is my this is my bed. This is my den because, you know, dogs are den animals. So we're hoping that happens sooner than later. Yeah, don't count on it too fast (laughs) enjoy those nights of of listening to whining for a while but all in all i think you guys will have fun that'll be cool yeah i mean you know we've always had them and it's just basically a puppy is a a baby without diapers yeah like literally exactly (laughs) you train them a little faster i know they're a little bit nicer all in all once they get you know past that like one first year whatever Dude, the baby's still a lot of work, yes. man. <laughs> More true. work. They can That's move. True. The dog is easier. And yeah, it always cracks me up when there's people who have the dog first and say, I bet this is not like having a baby. Like, sure, like at first, there is a little bit of that running around, like, because you've got to constantly watch the puppy. You're cleaning up after it. But man, when we had Judah, it was a massive difference. The one thing I keep telling myself with this puppy is, you know, just give it a couple months you know a couple months it'll get better i mean he'll probably be hyper but at least we hopefully can get that potty train because we've always been able to potty train our dogs pretty quick with the crate training and different things like that because i'm like religious like i take that dog out like every time are you religious (laughs) i'm religious with it man (laughs) as soon as that dog starts sniffing anything i'm like going outside (laughs) not not messing around man (laughs) but so you got the dog yes what else is going on this week? A uh, big thing for me that I've seen the news this week is Urban going to the Jaguars. The Jaguars, man. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, we're both Ohio State fans, obviously. If you listen to our first podcast, we were big Ohio State fans. So, you know, Urban left there two years ago, um, said he's retiring for sure. Like, this is it. He's done with football. And 
Did anyone really believe it, though? No. Although Shelly, is that his wife's name, Shelly? Yeah. Meyer? Yep. That, I remember that night they won uh, that last game, and Yosanti was retiring and thought for sure, no, he's not coming back. Well, and there's Justin's phone right on cue. Marriage journal. <laughs> and uh, Another so, manly thing. Yes. Definitely worth it. We'll talk about that in another podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, our wives said they want on the podcast. We'll talk about that. Later. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I mean, I did not. I I did not uh, think for sure he was going to be out. I wasn't expecting the NFL, but I mean, he's acquiring a pretty good position there. Yeah, I just I wonder, like, well, I guess ultimately, what doesn't matter? You're going to go. You're going to get paid, make some more money. Whether you win, whether you lose, whatever. He's making his money. He's going to be fat and happy. Whatever. But from a nostalgia point of view, like what does it do to his legacy? If he goes to Jacksonville, drafts Trevor Lawrence, which he ought to do, and then loses, <laughs> does it tarnish his his legendary coaching record? You know, I, I was thinking that. That question, I don't know. I mean, because you know, a lot of great coaches tried to make that transition, and more have failed, and more have you know it's gone well for. There's just a handful that have made that transition well. And I think one of the biggest things is, especially like Urban Meyer. You know, those guys are playing for scholarships. Um, NFL is a different story. Um, you know, you try to get in a guy's face, you can just look at you and say, "Hey, man, I make more money than you," or "Hey." I'm still getting paid this week or something like that. Yeah, I still think ultimately it'll be good. It, it'll be fun. Uh, it'll be fun to watch, see how he does. I hope he does well. Um, it'll be fun to see what he does, who he's able to draft, what his coaching staff looks like yes. um, once he gets that completed. And I think it'll be interesting to see how many bandwagon Jacksonville Jaguars fans are there going to be <laughs> now that Urban is the coach? You're, oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking as well, that, you know, there's going to be a lot jumping on there. But uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens for him. I mean, you know, he's probably going to get Trevor Lawrence, like you said. Why would you get anyone else? You know, people are speculating what if he gets Justin Fields no. or something like that. No. You know, Urban likes Trevor Lawrence. They're, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if he didn't, he immediately will have the whole city of Jacksonville hating him immediately. Um, they have another first-round pick, I'm pretty sure, but they also got, like, a lot of money and room in their salary cap. I mean, so he's kind of going into a prime situation to kind of form the whole team, get picks, get the coaches. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, it'll be fun. It will be fun to see. Another quick thing uh, this week that I just wanted to bring up, I mentioned to Andrew this past week, but the ATA show, so that's Archery Trade um, Association show, uh, was this past week. And at that show, uh, two bow companies released their new bows this year, their flagship bows. Uh, my favorite bow company um, is Hoyt. And that's what I've shot. I've always shot a Hoyt. Uh, my first bow was a Hoyt. My second bow was a Hoyt. And then my third, I guess kind of my third, my brother's bow, which is now my third bow, is a Hoyt. And uh, I kind of like to see what they're doing. So the technology that they're coming out with is pretty pretty daggone cool. Um, they talk about like some of the least vibration in bows that they've ever had. Uh, heard people say that it's the least vibration in a carbon bow that came out with a release of their aluminum uh, bow, the Ventum. 
and then they came out with a RX-5, which is their carbon um, bow, and they said I've heard that that is the least vibration in a carbon bow that many people have ever shot. So it's kind of cool just to see the technology. It's the nerdy thing I do. <laughs> um, I know bow I, technology. Yeah, I don't understand everything. I'm not a guru, but I love listening to the new videos, see what the new technology is, and it's just kind of a nerdy thing I do with archery. Well, you know, I'm glad you you kind of you kind of answered the question I was going to ask is, you know, these companies come up with new bows every year. They say it's better, it's badder, and you know, like every year a new uh, razor comes out. Gillette comes out with a new razor, and it's like, does can you really improve? I mean, at this point, you know, you got three or four blades. What more can you really do? And until you start like you know getting a ridiculous amount of blades. So with like these bow companies, do you really see it like every year a huge difference of like needing to spend fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars on that new bow? If you're if you are an avid compound bow deer hunter, so deer hunter, if you're just a deer hunter, whitetail deer hunter here in the east, no, you probably don't. I mean, there's people that kill deer with traditional bows, recurve bows old school stuff and old compound bows from early nineties every every year, multiple times. Yeah. So do you have to know, is there an advantage? Absolutely. There's a slight advantage. Now, would I go buy a new bow every year? No, I can't afford it. <laughs> like, these things are That's like, why we're doing a podcast. We're hoping $1,200. We're hoping just that, uh, for the bow. Hoping this podcast brings in the new bow money. But it's, but if you look at them head to head, maybe it'd be tougher to see from year to year. But you take a five-year-old bow or a three-year-old bow and a brand new bow, you'll be able to tell the difference. Yeah. yeah. You'll be now, able do to you tell think even if they're both brand new, or are you talking like a used five-year-old bow? No, I'm talking brand new. Okay. The technology's there. I, I be, I'm a believer in it. Uh, the dampening sound, the sound is one thing. You know, speed, I think they've pretty much topped out as to roughly where they're going to be with the speed. Yeah. But then it's, okay, so what's the ease of tuning a bow? Um, some companies are coming out with these great technologies that you can stand on the line, have an Allen wrench on you, and you can tune your bow in and have it shooting, you know, perfect, mm -hmm. just standing right there. Others, you have to take it to a bow press. Yeah. Um, used to, you could buy, you had to buy one set of cams, and a, a, whatever set of cams came on your bow, that's the draw length of the bow you were going to shoot. And if you grew, you're a young guy, and you get a bow, oh, you're going to have to buy another set of cams or buy a new bow. Well, or if you like me, grow in another way. You get wider. You need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of us grow differently. <laughs> but um, now it's all modular. You can do everything pretty much with like one bow now. And it's the, it's just so much further along now than it was 5, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, see, I'm not. An, I told you you had to take that out because I'm not a huge bow guy. I never not been. yet. Not yet. Maybe I will become one. I, I I've always been. If I ever hunted guns, I like guns, I like shooting guns. Um, but I, I do have a quick funny story. When I was in middle school, I went to this camp down in Kentucky, and I can't remember what the camp was called, but it was basically like 
an outdoorsy, like learn how to hunt, learn how to fish. We even like drove boats. Like you get your hunter's orange card, like safety card. Got to shoot clay pigeons and stuff. And I remember we got. Isn't to that part of normal education in Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Honestly, they're like, well, I think it was fifth grade going to sixth grade. Maybe it's like you're going to be a middle schooler now. You got to learn how to be a man. We're going to send you away for a week <laughs> in the woods of Kentucky. And like literally, I mean, it was cool because like, you know, they taught you like safety stuff. And I remember they would hand us a gun and make us walk through the trail in the woods. And they had like stops along the way. And like there'd be people like if you had your finger on the trigger, they would like tell you get your finger off the trigger. And coming up on a deer, what do you do? And they watch you. And I mean, it was it's it's pretty cool. Like if if, if I could find something like that for Judah down the road, it'd be cool. But they had the bow and arrow. Never shot bow and arrow really that much in my life except for like church camp maybe. And um, we get up there, and we're just shooting. And I think the first time we go, we get to shoot, like, 10 arrows. Well, I got to say, I mean, I got stupid lucky because I've never really shot a compound bow at this point. And this is, like, one of my first time shooting a compound bow going uh, in fifth grade. And, like, I'm, like, hitting the target super, super well. Well, I didn't realize that then they took the, like, I think there was, like, a couple hundred kids at this camp. They took, like, the top 20 who got scores and put them in the golden arrow competition. <laughs> and I remember when I pulled my, my target and took it to the uh, range instructor or whatever you call them. Um, and he was like, Oh man, this was the best scores. And I qualified to go to this golden arrow competition. I mean, I thought I was hot stuff. Like there's a couple hundred <laughs> kids there and I'm probably like telling big lies. Like, Oh yeah, I shoot bows all the time. <laughs> like yeah. I'm so good at this. And I remember like the next day, I, like I didn't, process that wait i'm gonna be in this competition now with kids who probably did grow up shooting bows <laughs> their whole life here in kentucky and um out of 20 or 25 kids i got a 20th or 25th place whatever dead last place was because <laughs> <laughs> obviously i couldn't get lucky twice but uh yeah i was in the golden arrow competition well see you're you're destined to be an archer here yeah you're destined to be an archer so we'll, we'll continue to work on that and get you hooked up and set up. Yep. I hopefully, hopefully next year we can get out there and I can get one, get a deer with one. That'd be nice. All right. Maybe I'll get hooked with hooked that way. Yeah. You get a deer and then you get a deer story, which will go. take us into our next segment. Exactly. This is perfect for our next se- segment because we're talking about hunting, hunting stories. In fact, we're just gonna have some fun telling just some good hunting stories. He doesn't like hunting stories. Plus, this is a good way for uh, our listeners. Our listeners, it sounds funny, <laughs> to get to know <laughs> us a little bit, kind of a little bit about us, our background, what we like to do, some stories about us, just kind of uh, something easy to listen to, something fun, something that I have fun talking about, something I'm, I'm excited to listen about. Yes. You gave me a sneak peek into your story this week, and I, I think it's going to make me chuckle. It, it's it's a good one. But before we get into our stories, I want to bring up a uh, a story I found because I was just kind of looking at some hunting stuff and I found a great story here in Ohio from 2020 and I figured, man, nothing good in 2020 happened. But a record buck was killed in Adams County here in Ohio and I found this article. A guy named Corey Richmond never shot a deer in his life. Um, back in 2017, I guess he has a farm, started seeing this unusually large deer on the trail cams. Well, he and his brother-in-law decided to go hunting. And um, the story is, is he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, right before dusk, this deer comes out. And uh, at right just about the time 
he gets a text from his brother-in-law saying, have you seen any deer? And he says, you're going to hate me. Well, they all get over there. This deer that they've been watching for two years, uh, two, no, three years at this point, he shot right before it was time to be done. This deer is a 224 and 3 eighth inch Ohio whitetail, 23 points, 19 which were scorable, first deer ever. And not only was it the first deer, but it was a record-breaking deer here in Ohio. So this guy is not hunting again because he's just <laughs> shot the biggest deer that he will ever shoot in his entire life. Why go again? Right. Why right. go in? One and done. Exactly. So I just I thought this was a cool story. This guy out with his brother-in-laws, never killed a deer, sitting in his tree stand, first first day of hunting, and out comes this deer. A uh, 23 point deer, and it says he, you know, he shot it with a compound bow, ran about 50 yards before it, it fell down. So. so I didn't realize that was Adams County. Yes. So Clarissa lives, Clarissa's parents, my wife's parents live right beside Adams County. Like they live right on the line of Brown County and Adams County down there in southern Ohio. Yes. So running around my father in law's uh, property, there might be some hidden gems down there then i guess you never know man you never know you have to go down there and hunt sometime but i just thought this would be a good start into our segment of us telling some hunting stories and i have you down going first do you want to go first with a good hunting story for us tonight i can go first that's all right okay okay so intro to this story man Actually, the funny thing is my brother, I told my brother, I said, we're going to talk hunting stories. He's like, oh, I know what you're going to tell. And I'm like, oh, yeah, which <laughs> one? And so he tells me these two stories, names these two stories of deer that I've shot. And I said, oh, well, you'll see. And I'm not going to tell either one of those stories. So <laughs> yes. I've got plenty of stories to tell. And I've had a ton of practice telling hunting stories in the last month. Every night, every day. Almost every second of every day, my son, my oldest son, Jet, he just turned three. He asks, says, Daddy, you tell me your doties. <laughs> <laughs> Say, what stories do you want to hear? And for the longest time, it was just hunting doties. Like, hunting stories? Yeah. So I've already told my son every story of every deer I've shot. Every deer I've ever missed, every turkey I've ever shot, every turkey I've ever missed. And now you're making stories up. <laughs> and now I'm making them up. So so hopefully I don't get any of those made-up ones stuck into this one. But so this one time, one time, this is how every story starts out with myself. One time. One time. Well, my papa used to tell a story, and if we knew he was making the story up, it would start with a long time ago. And then we knew immediately he was about to just make up a story. So, <laughs> Well, I'm not going to try and make this one up. This one's pretty legit. But uh, this was muzzleloader season. This was before they allowed, you know, the flat-walled uh, rifle cartridges to be used in Ohio. And the muzzleloader was your high-powered rifle. Right. Like, that was the gun. So, you know, subsequently you would have to hunt – muzzle loader season which is in like the worst part of the year this is in like early january or sometimes it'd be late december and um so you've got all the gear when you go muzzle loader hunting you've got your muzzle loader you've got your powder you've got your sabots 
you've got your primers, um, and then, you know, sometimes you take some patches, some kits, something to clean, just depending on what you were doing. You never knew. You just kept all this stuff like in a bag. So you have to carry this extra bag with you everywhere you go. And I'd have some extra accessories like a little T-handle that went on my ramrod to, to load. And so you have all this extra stuff with you. And you're going out, and it's already winter. It's already cold. A lot of times there's snow. And sometimes, you know, the primer would go off. Well, your powder would be wet. Now your bullet doesn't go because your powder doesn't ignite. So most of the loader season is just always, like, <laughs> not the most fun. It's basically like you're fighting in the Revolutionary War all over again. A right? modern Revolutionary <laughs> War. <laughs> I, I have some stories about that, too. But but so this particular day, myself, and I think it was just me and my cousin. Uh, my cousin is the one, my older cousin, he's the one who introduced me into hunting, um, took me when I was started in, like, fifth, sixth grade, took me hunting, spent ton of time and hours with him um, out in the woods, um, you know, really appreciate him for everything that he taught me and all the time he invested in me uh, to, to love this hobby that I don't get to do nearly as much now, but all the memories I have and now that my boys are going to get older, they're wanting to get into it and be interested. I can see myself being able to get into that. So uh, my cousin and I were going muzzleloader hunting. And in this particular property, you had to walk down a hill and you had to walk along a river. So technically, it's a river. The name is, there's a river in the name. But we always called it the Crick. The Crick. There you the go. The Crick. It's now the you're Crick. speaking my language. Yeah, when you're, when you're from where we're from, you call it not the Creek, not the river. It's the Crick. Okay. So you walk down this hill to the, to the Crick, and you walk along this Crick, and when you're walking along it, it you know, the path has eroded. It's right along the bank, and always in my life, walking down to this particular stand, I've always thought, you know, it would really stink to slide into this. <laughs> you know, it's you know, you're right on the edge. It's kind of at a slant. It's muddy. You know, I'm going to fall on this sometime. Well, I didn't that day. So, you know, I'm walking through. Everything's good. And you walk along this this creek, then it opens up. The woods opens up, and you follow this ridge, and you walk along this ridge, and you finally get back to where I was hunting. And I was hunting in a climbing tree stand along the creek. It's a river, and then you climb up, and I can see to I can see across the river to what it is. It's an island. You wouldn't know it's an island. It just looks like the other side of the river mm -hmm. but it's not it's actually an island so that river splits and so i'm sitting there and i'm uh looking 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 and it's snowing and it's cold and it's wet and i'm just kind of you know your mind goes places when you're sitting in the tree stand and you start thinking about crazy things and then you start like imagining the deer coming in and how's it going to look and where do I think they're going to come from? And, you know, nothing comes. Well, it starts to get dark. And then all of a sudden I see a deer on the other side 
of the river. And the he, crick. Uh, Excuse uh, me. On the other side of the crick. There you go. And Gotta stay consistent. Yeah, I need to stay consistent. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the deer crosses the crick, but where where I was sitting, I was sitting at the point of the island and the other side of the crick and where all of that kind of met. So the deer, I watched him on the other side of the crick. He crosses the crick to the island, so he's kind of in the center now. And he's moving pretty good. So I'm thinking maybe there's something behind him. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. So I quickly pull up my muzzleloader. And as when I was younger, I was pretty quick to, if I could see it, my, I always bragged. I was like, if I can see it, it's down. If <laughs> okay. I see it, it's down. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a horrible shot. I say I'm pretty decent. If you see brown, it's going down. If it's brown, it's down. Yeah. And so I see it. I pull up. I've got a quick shot. It's getting thick over there. I see what I think is an open window. Boom! Muzzle letter goes off. Deer takes off. I uh, can't really see where he went. Uh, just hear, you know, some thrashing running through. And I think, okay, he's down. I shot. Because when I shoot, deer die. <laughs> exactly. I am, I'm the deer slayer. That's right. You're like the, the, the sniper of the woods. In my mind, I am. I was yes. trying to think of a good sniper name. I couldn't think of one there for a second. The Silent Hunter. <laughs> so, no, that's that's not that great. So, <laughs> so okay. I get down after a little while. Sit, get down, and I tell my tell my cousin, "Hey, just shot this buck, um, and he's on the island." And my cousin's like, "Okay, you know, probably rolling his eyes, thinking, why did you shoot the buck on the island? Because the river was up." Yeah. And it's snowing. <clears throat> uh, it's super high. So there's no real way to cross it. Um, if it's low enough, um, you can just walk across. You know, some gotta make sure you wear some tall boots, but it's low enough, maybe a foot in some places, um, usually, and you can walk across and be fine. Well, on this particular day, there's no way that we were able to do that. But we had a canoe that we yes. kept close by. So, my cousin and I go and grab this canoe and walk it back in through the woods. You know, we had to hike the canoe back, which was kind of a pain in the butt. So, he's probably annoyed. Uh, I'm a little bit annoyed at, like, why did I do this? And I'm like, oh, well, I got this buck waiting for me over there. So, we put the canoe in the water. Um, it's not the most steady canoe, um, but, you know, whatever. We'll make it across, canoe across. It's literally probably 20, 20 feet, maybe not even, 15 feet across this creek to, to the island. So we get in the canoe. Uh, we make it across. Everything's good. And we start looking. And I don't find blood. I don't see <laughs> hair. I don't see anything. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I shot. Like, there's no way I missed. The I, snow, I don't snow. miss. You the know, snow covered it up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just like awestruck at myself that I missed this deer because in my mind, you know, I don't miss. I was so confident in my shot. 
Uh, even though it probably wasn't the best, you know, now I probably wouldn't take that shot. But then, you know, I, I was a little bit. How old were you in the story? Oh, I was. Pr- I honestly, I don't remember. Maybe 19, maybe oh, 18 yeah. or 19. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, looking back. So you know. I was real confident then, you know, real, real confident. <laughs> I knew it all. Yeah. You know, I still don't know it all. But so we we're looking. We don't find anything. I say, you know, I'm sorry, man. I'm I guess I must have missed. And I'm sure he was super surprised that I missed, too, because, you know, right. I'm an that, excellent shot. Yeah. There's you know, they all know. So we decide, all right, let's get back in the in the canoe. Let's go back across. Let's go. So on that side, on the island side, there's it's even worse to get into the river um, because the bank's a little higher. The river's still high. But to, you know, set the canoe on the bank and in the river, it's at a pretty steep angle uh, to be getting into a canoe. So my cousin holds the canoe and tells me, go ahead, get in. So I go ahead, I get in. I'm sitting down, and then he takes a step to get into the canoe. And he steps on one side or the other of the center, puts a little too much pressure, and boom, (laughs) I go. I go under. The canoe flips. So I hit this water. There's It's snowing, mind you. So this water, it's not like it's summertime. This is middle of winter. I'm in this water, and my breath immediately gets taken away. Just a, <gasps> I can't breathe. I can't do anything. I come up from the surface, and I'm like doggy paddling, immediate shiver. I'm thinking, you know, my first instinct is, oh, crap, my gun. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. the important thing exactly. in this. It's like, oh, my gun. But then, you know, panic starts to hit. And I'm like, you know, trying to catch my breath. <sighs> and I'm trying to swim. And my cousin tells me, he's like, stand up. <laughs> and, you know, for like a half a second, you know, those moments in life where it's literally a second or a half a second and like, you can have like 10 minutes of thoughts in that half a second. Yes. That was this. I felt like an idiot when he said that. And I went to stand up and I don't know if my feet were just numb. It was so cold. I couldn't feel anything or if the water was really that deep, but I couldn't feel anything underneath. me. (laughs) So panic sets back in. Yeah. I went from extreme panic to I'm getting worked up thinking about it right now. <laughs> I went from extreme panic to man, I feel like an idiot. I can just stand up back to extreme panic. And so I'm just freezing and I see like little things floating down the river. Like I see my uh T handle for my for my ramrod floating down the river. I see a quick load set floating down the river i'm like oh how many other things am i missing right now <laughs> you know my cell phone's in my pocket everything's with me cell phone's not as important as a gun though yeah no definitely not i still now actually my life's pretty much my number one concern yeah. guns number two <laughs> and so i swim Legs, feet i don't know so i swim over to the side of the bank and you know my cousin pulls me up and he's like are you okay and I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, and I'm shivering, and I'm shivering so bad. You know how when you shiver 
and like your teeth chatter, but your teeth aren't chattering. Just your lower jaw is just like moving up and down, yes. like a million yeah. miles a minute. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Well, we've got to get somehow. We've got to get back. Yeah. So we say, well, we've we've got to cross this river, so we've got to get back in this canoe. So here we go again. I kind of have PTSD yeah. at this point. Like, <laughs> and you can't feel anything. Yeah, I don't want to get back in this boat. I don't want to do. I don't want to get back in this canoe. But we do it. So we go to a different spot, find one that's a little bit more even, which mm-hmm. we probably should have done first, um, but we didn't. So we were in a hurry, and so we get back in in the canoe. This time everything's okay, but. You know, my cousin, he's, you know, thinking about me, thinking, well, we need to get you inside as quick as we can. Yeah. Um, because I'm, you know, drenched from head to toe, just been in, I don't know how cold the water it was, but it, it's, you know, it's freezing. And so he's like, well, let's just take the canoe all the way down the river to get you, to get you back. That'll be fastest. So we start. And... I'm shaking, you know, horribly. And my cousin's like, you can't shake. And I'm like, what? You think I want to? You think I want (laughs) to be shaking right now? This is my body's natural reaction right now. You think I'm trying to do this right now is what I'm thinking in my head. And and I think I just said, like, I'm trying not to. I'm just picturing Huckleberry Finn. You guys just floating down a river right now. Oh, (laughs) man. And so. Or Crick. Yeah, we're going down the Crick. So he eventually... You know, after like maybe making a couple of paddles down and, you know, he realizes, okay, Justin's shaking way too bad. Uh, we're going to flip and then we're both going to be in the river. He's like, I don't want to get And <laughs> well, if we both ended up in the river, depending on how fast it was flowing, what if, uh, you know, my gun strap got caught on a log that's on the bottom? It, you just never know what could happen thinking about it now. At the time, um, I didn't think as serious as it could have potentially been had we both fallen and 18, you never know. 19 years old, you don't think about those things. Right, right. So so we make it back to shore and we we get out and we we walk back and it ended up being the best thing for me probably was because it got my blood pumping. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty long walk. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the tail end of the walk, you're walking up a hill, so your heart rate's going. So it was probably all in all the best thing for me yeah. um, to walk out and get out of the woods. But <laughs> I never got the deer. Uh, we got inside, and, you know, by this time, like, I'm feeling not too bad, but my pants are frozen, you know, because they're ice pretty much. <laughs> my pants are like ice. You take your pants off, and it's just like an, a stiff ice pants. And then the the but the worst part was there's a water droplet in my scope, and man that frustrated me to no end. Mm-hmm. And I went to clean my gun out that night, and so I don't even think about it. I'm just like, whatever. I'm gonna take this stuff out. I had tried to fire it just in the off chance that it was watertight enough that my powder didn't get wet and whatever you fire a primer see what happens Mm. well it just fired the primer nothing happened so i take it home and i take my breech plug out 
Mm-hmm. And your breech plug is where you put your primer, and then that allows it's a there's a tiny little hole in there that allows the ignite of the primer to go through to hit your powder, ignite the powder, sh- shoot your bullet. Well, I take out that breech plug, and just all this black ooze drips all <laughs> over my bedroom floor. Ooh. And I'm like, oh no! So, not only am I soaking wet, did I miss a deer? So my pride is hurt a little bit. Um, not only is my cell phone ruined, not only is there a little water bubble in my scope, now my mom's going to be ticked at me because I got black black, ooze. black powder just ooze all over her carpet. <laughs> so that that is my story. I like it. My story of the time that I fell into the <laughs> river. <laughs> you know what's funny? Crick. Before I get in, into my story, uh, you flipping in the canoe reminds me of uh, my wife, Sam. She, her dad lives off of this island off of Seattle. It's called Vashon Island. And on the island, uh, they own a kayak shop, a bike shop, and a camping sites there called Vashon Adventures. Check it out. Plug. Doug, listen. All right. <laughs> so I, I, I can't remember how old Sam was in the story, but I just laugh every time I hear it. Because one time her and her sister went to visit, I think it was like Christmas time, or it may have been fall, but I can't remember. All I know is that they uh, they decided to go kayaking, and uh, they went kayaking on the Puget Sound. I'm probably saying that wrong, but the Puget Sound. And uh, Sam flips her kayak. Um and now she's in the Puget Sound. I think it's wintertime, like freezing cold. Well, she can't climb back up into the kayak, and she's she's little, and she's um, and she's freaking out. And so her dad comes over, and like she basically holds onto his kayak, and like he paddles her back over. And he says it was a long way, and she said like when she got up on the shore, she couldn't feel anything after that. It was just freaking out. So that just reminded me of the story of uh, <laughs> flipping a canoe into some cold water. Uh, Sam doing the same thing there. So, oh man, just stay away from the cold water, man. <laughs> just stay away. From Why it. do you even want to get in a kayak, anyways, in the winter time or fall? I mean, I don't know. I don't think I. I don't think I wanted to. I think I wanted to walk across the the creek. Yeah, but I couldn't. So I didn't have a choice if I wanted to get that buck that I thought I had bagged. See, guys, yeah. guys my size don't get in uh, kayaks, anyways. That's just not for me. So, f- first and only miss of your li- life, right? That was that was it. For all intents and purposes, tonight we'll say yes. There you go. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not, that's not true. I've unfortunately missed. I've missed a few. I think I've shot a lot more than I've missed. Yeah, I've definitely shot a lot more <laughs> than I've missed. Well, I'm glad to hear. I that have a good least. winning percentage. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Oh, okay. So my story, my story's not as long. Um, and uh, admission right now, mine's not a deer hunting story because my deer hunting stories would be really, really boring because I don't know if this is going to take my man card. I've never shot in a deer like never. So all my deer hunting stories would be, I sat in the woods or a stand. That would be it. Um, and so we're hoping maybe this next year we can, uh, we can make that happen. But my story, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you tonight is one of my favorite, uh, well, my favorite things to hunt is turkeys. I oh, love yeah. turkey hunting. Spring turkey season in Kentucky is one of my favorite things. And the story I'm going to tell you tonight is the first time I ever did it. 
So I grew up in northern Kentucky, so about five, ten minutes across the river from Cincinnati. Um, I just usually tell people I live in Cincinnati because uh, they're like, <laughs> northern Kentucky, what's that mean? Well, people in northern Kentucky know what that means. Well, I met my best friend in seventh grade, um, and he lived in Pendleton County, uh, Kentucky, which it was about, he lived about an hour away uh, southeast, so he lives further in to eastern Kentucky. And if you know anything about eastern Kentucky, it's it's God's land man eastern kentucky i love it down those, there those are my roots the appalachian yeah i love it down there um and my roots as well my family's from eastern kentucky and that's just you know we love it um so my friend chris lives in pendleton county and it's like the true city boy country boy uh you know, friendship, you know, I'm coming from the big city of Florence, Kentucky <laughs> to him, to Pendleton County. Um, you know, I grew up fishing and uh, shooting guns and stuff like that, but he lived, uh, where he lived, there was only like maybe one house close. And it was his grandparents' house and there were 60 acres of woods behind his house and he had quads, he had go-karts, guns. And so me being in seventh grade going out there, man, that was like paradise to me. I loved it. And so immediately, I I needed a gun. I had I had a a twenty two at that point, and a, a Red Ryder BB gun, of course, <laughs> that I got probably when I was ten. And so I remember just my birthdays in May, and uh, spring turkey season was coming. And so I was begging my dad. I was like, I I need a shotgun. And um, so my first gun was this gun specifically for me to turkey hunt. It was a New England single shot 12 gauge it was camouflaged three and a half inch mag full turkey choke on this bad boy oh there right? you go so it shoots the three and a half inch mag and it's single shot so it's a light small gun that shoots a big old shell oh yeah it does so <laughs> i was pumped man like i was pumped i was like man we're gonna do this my my friend chris was telling me like now with turkey hunting you gotta be full camo so i got the the camouflage face mask and gloves and everything ready to go and uh, I go out to his house the night before, and we're like, I never shot this gun yet. So, like, well, let's, he has some targets, uh, like turkey targets, and so we're going to practice shooting in his backyard. And so I'm like, you know, what was I? I was in seventh grade. So in seventh grade, are you th you're like turned, you're 12 or 13 years old at this Thir point. Yeah. yeah. And so me, I'm like, I'm putting three and a half inch mags in this bad boy, and I'm just going to let this thing rip. And, like, I probably shot... I don't know, 12 to 15 <laughs> of these things. And the first time I did it, literally my front foot came up off the ground, like literally. And I was like, oh, man, the thing kicked hard. And I, by this time, I shot a lot of guns just being out there and his dad hunts. And we just sh would shoot all the time. And um, so I just thought it was wise that to uh, to, to sight in my shotgun, which you don't sight in a shotgun, but, you know, just get a feel for it with the be able to, shoot a three and a half inch mag just for you know 30 or 40 yeah. minutes yeah first mistake all right first <laughs> mistake because <laughs> your shoulders hurt <laughs> man. well i go that night you know i go into the bathroom take my shirt off and you could literally see a butt stock oh yeah right there in my shoulder black blue and we're not even hunting yet yeah, all right i've been there i've been there <laughs> we're not even hunting and so uh if you know me me and my friend chris if you listen to this you know that we were just complete goofballs back then and 
you know, I think we set our alarms to get off, get up around four, and we probably didn't go to bed till like one. <laughs> you know, we're wise, making wise decisions. And I remember when that alarm went off, we, we I mean, we both got up because we both loved, you know, going out into the woods, and I was pumped to shoot a turkey. And at that point, he's the he actually had already shot in some, I think the year before, his first two toms. And the way he did it was shooting them out of his bedroom window. He had gone hunting. And uh, he went home without anything, looked out his window, and he lived on the second floor. <laughs> and he saw these two toms strutting across the thing, so he just flew the window open and busted both of them. And I can only imagine what his mom thought was going on in, uh, in his bedroom. So I'm pumped because I'm like, I want to get a turkey. Wake up at 4, and uh, my, my friend Chris is like, hey, my mom bought these Bob Evans sausage burrito, uh, breakfast burritos. Let's eat some of it. We got to eat something good before we go out. <laughs> and I we're like, yeah, let's do that. And so, you know, throwing, we threw like six of these bad boys in the microwave at one point. So, you know, some of them are the temperature of lava and some of them are uh, have ice blocks in them. In the, but, man, we, we scarf those things down, man. Scarf them down, get all of our get all of our stuff on, grab our shotguns, and we're we're headed out. And I, it's funny you ended your story with saying you come out of the woods and it was a hike up the hill. I don't know why it seems like every time you're coming out of the woods it's uphill because it was the same way for him, but going it was downhill. So we're going downhill into the woods because we got to cross and get to this field because we wanted to get in this field before sunup. Man, just as we got to the bottom of that hill, as I was walking down, as we're getting towards the bottom, every step, I felt that gurgle in my stomach, man. Have you ever felt that when you step in and it feels like it's just getting lower and lower? Oh, that? yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh, man. Those breakfast burritos started to work. Like, oh, my goodness. And so we get to the bottom, and there's a creek at the bottom of the hill, and I'm like, Chris, man, I got I to gotta do something about this. And so... Hunting trip starts out great, you know, eating some breakfast burritos, got to go over and use the restroom up against a tree and get done with that. And we finally make across the creek. Get what was your teepee? What? What was your teepee? You know what? I can't even remember what it was. It probably was honestly like <laughs> leaves just on the ground. Otherwise, it was spring. What did I use? What did you use? I can't remember. I've, I've done it so many times. I can't remember. It, it, it couldn't have been something too exciting or else I would remember if it was something crazy like a glove or something like that but <laughs> so i get done and actually we get to the crick there and i mine's not as as great but i do remember at 13 i was still a, a kind of a pudgier kid and he was really in shape and he's like we gotta jump over this and you know we're, i'm 13 and i got a loaded shotgun in my hand and we're gonna jump over this thing luckily nothing crazy happened except for i did bite it really hard and get my boot stuck in the mud because i just fell into it then we finally get there and so i mean it was a long way coming and we we're out there all day i mean just sitting there just calling 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 nothing and uh, the thing is, this is like my hunting life at this point because <laughs> we had gone deer hunting the fall before and spent a few days, nothing. And it, it seems like he goes out by himself, gets some, and then he takes me out to his spots, quote-unquote spots, and, oh, I don't know what's going on. They're not here today. So you're <laughs> real enthused by this point. Yeah. Like, oh, man, this hunting is so awesome. Yeah, I had to take a dump up on a, a tree. You know, I stepped in some mud. Uh, I'm tired. And now we're in this field and uh, nothing. We're just sitting there. 
waiting. And I mean, I don't want to bore you guys. Nothing happened. So <laughs> what I didn't tell is to get down to the woods. We took a quad. All right. So we go back up the hill, across the creek, get on the quad. And we're both like feeling defeated. I remember we get to his road, gravel road. And right there at the top of this gravel road was this clearing. And just as we were about to turn onto his road, we look out there. And what do we see? We see like just a bunch of turkeys. He just stops. He looks at me, gets off, pulls up a shotgun, shoots a turkey. We run out there and grab it and literally just drive down to his house, get this turkey, get the breast out and everything like that. And it, it was just it was just funny because we literally spent all day out there doing all this stuff. And then just as we're getting home, just right there by his house, clearing, just hop off the quad, shoot the turkey. I'm like, man, this would have been a whole lot easier if we just just drove out here to this clearing, apparently where all the turkeys gather. And just you would have just it. sat in his bedroom and looked out the <laughs> second story window, right? We might have been able to get it. So, you know, so yeah. If there was, if I had a dollar for every time I went hunting, didn't see a deer, and then left, and then on the way home within the first two minutes of being in the truck, saw a deer or a turkey or whatever, I'd be a rich man. Because I'm telling you, that's always how it works. That's just how hunting goes sometimes. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I love hunting. I like getting out there. And that's the thing. is like even deer hunting. Like, I like just being in the woods. I grew oh, yeah. up with woods behind my house. And I'd just be out there all day. And then Chris and I, we'd just go into the woods with shotguns and four-wheelers. And just we'd spend all day in the woods. And so I enjoy it. It's just not something I've been super successful at to this point. Yeah. Um, fishing, that's a different story. We'll talk about fishing one day. I love doing that only because I've been successful. But hunting, it's one of the things I like doing. But I, I just need to get that first deer. Oh, yeah, you will. It'll happen. It it takes a while. I hunted I hunted. I was fortunate because I had someone who you know knew what they were doing and taught me and spent a lot of time with me. And but it took me two years of hunting, a lot, a lot of hours, yeah. um, before I shot at my first deer. And uh, you know that's a story for another day. But but you reminded me when I, the reason I asked you about what you use for TP is because without a shadow of a doubt. Every time my brother and my cousin would go turkey hunting, and me too, sometimes it'd be all three of us, sometimes it would just be those two, um, you know, as I went to, went off to college and stuff, it'd be those two most of the time hunting, and, uh, but without a shadow of a doubt, my brother would have to go <laughs> take a duke somewhere oh, yeah. in the woods, but there'd be no toilet paper, so my cousin would, like, cut his shirt <laughs> why is your cousin cutting his shirt why isn't your brother i don't know here? i don't know if it was if it was because or maybe it was my brother's shirt one of the two would cut their shirt i think it was my cousin's <laughs> so but i swear by the end of the turkey by the end of the season if he would have worn that same shirt every time he went turkey hunting it would have went from an xl tall to a belly shirt. A crop top. A crop top because <laughs> of as many times as he used that. That's why I asked you Dang. the TV without a shadow of a doubt. The, the camo crop top, I think it's something we need to make. Damn, and, man. And if if uh, our perforated, perforated camouflage undershirt 
<laughs> that way you can just tear tear off go. as you go for TP. You know what? We might have something there. Honestly, <laughs> we might have something. My, my cousin, if I think it was my cousin's shirts mostly. So if it was, then he either has one really really super short shirt that he's probably gotten rid of, or he's got like. 10 or 15 like white t-shirts undershirts that just have like a square <laughs> the cut, out. <laughs> cut out of them all <laughs> that he probably doesn't have anymore either that's but. awesome i oh. love it man well let me ask you real quick you know we're on the subject of hunting uh, we're running out of time here before we get to our last segment what is your dream hunt like go somewhere get something what is it so for me, I'm I'm more simple. I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple I'm a simple kind of man. Simple kind of man. So for me, I think it would be really cool to go out west and just do an elk hunt. Oh yeah. Um, you know, do a big, do a cool like week long camp roughing it. Um, which was a guy here at our church who was a guide. Every every year he goes out to Colorado. And um, he just takes people hunting. Who's that? Um, Dan Clark. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for elk hunting, talk to Dan okay. Clark. Now, I would agree. Okay. With, I I mean, I'm going to tell. I, I want to go elk hunting out in Colorado. Sam's dad and his brothers every year go out and do it. And this year I was supposed to go with them. And basically what they do is they all put in for the lottery. Um, not all of them get it, but some do. And they just go with them. And they spend a week just really roughing it. So this year I was like, I'm gonna go with you. No one got pulled for lottery. I'm like, see, I'm already br-. like, he's like, he's like, this is the first year. I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm trying to do it. Is why <laughs> no one got picked. Is why. But I would say I think if my dream hunt would probably go to Alaska and shoot a bear. I want to shoot a grizzly bear because grizzly bear is my favorite animal, and I think there'd be nothing cooler than to have a bear skin rug like. Yeah, to me that would just be amazing. I, that would be cool. And I've and I, but I also want to live, dude. <laughs> I also want to live. That's man. true. That's true. And obviously, I mean, we both we both hunt. We like we like to do it, but we do it for also because we want to get some meat, eat some meat, put some meat in the freezer. And man, I just think it'd be cool to have some bear, like have dude, everyone over to eat some bear. I showed you those pictures that my buddy sent me, right? Of what? So I have a buddy that lives in Montana. Okay. And he had a friend who shot a buck, um, was not able to pack it out that night. So, and um, I don't know if he put a trail camera up on that or he had a trail camera in the area in which he was hunting. I don't know all the specifics. But either way, he shoots this buck, takes pictures, leaves it. What comes that night? (laughs) There's a grizzly bear on his trail cam just obliterates this deer <laughs> and then like eats it all and then what he doesn't eat like he buries it you can see like the picture yeah of them taking i i don't want to mess with that yeah i don't want to mess with that man i don't know man i just think it'd be i mean you're I on s- your own there I, you're I, on your own. I say that but you know like me shooting a bear i want to be very i guess far that's why away. they call it a dream hunt right yeah. the yeah. dream it's only going to be a dream <laughs> alaska all right dream hunts hopefully one day we can do them but well, now we are on to the six five segment. Just to six re- five. Six five. And just to recap what this is, is you know, like we said, we both, you know, our faith is a, the most important part of our lives. And the biggest thing of doing this podcast we say, hey, we just want to talk about stuff that we like talking about. But the reason why we, we do what we do is because, you know, we want to do the best 
for the glory of God. And, you know, that that's just a motto we have with our lives, that everything we do, we want to glorify God. We want to glorify Christ ultimately in everything we do. And so every podcast, we're going to end with a, the segment of the 6-5, and Justin is on it for tonight. And he's not looking surprised, so that's good. So it means he's probably got something ready for us. I've got something a little bit ready. I'm not... I'm not going to go super deep tonight, you know. Uh, we're just going to ease our way into this stuff. Um, we got all sorts of people um, listening, hopefully. This is something that's fun for us to do. Hopefully that we're entertaining. But, you know, this last uh, segment is something that we're, we're serious about. We, we can have fun with it, um, too. But it's also something that's very serious uh, to us, something that's very important. Um, to us in the way that, you know, Andrew and I each live our lives. And so tonight um, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture here and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about the verses and I'll give you some context to what this is. And so um, in in Matthew, um, this is chapter 12, uh, Jesus has just, um, you know, taking demons out of a man, okay? And so he's talking, and and the Pharisees, they're, you know, almost, you know, speaking bad about Jesus and, like, there's no way this is true. Um, and Jesus, you know, goes in to talk and just say, like, um, you know, you need to, to, to believe in me and believe in what I'm, what I'm saying and, and, and things that are good and, and all that. I'm paraphrasing completely, you know, going into this. <laughs> this Get in, read Justin chapter version of Bible. Yeah, this is the Justin version of the Bible. But, um, you know, he gets down to verse 33 in chapter 12. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of their judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And this is something that I think is, you know, big for us as, you know, Christians, um, that we need to look at and we need to look internally mm-hmm. um, and say, what am I filled with? Yeah. What am I filled with? And really ask yourself that question. And there's times I know in my life, I know in my life throughout that I've been filled with some bad things and some bad things have come out of my mouth and my thoughts and my actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I've you know made decisions to make Christ first and put him first in, in what I do, um, you can see my actions uh, yeah. show that. Yeah. Uh, the words that I speak shows that. But that doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Um, there's still bits of evil that are in me um, th- on a daily basis, little things that the devil tries to get at me or stir back up or feelings or thoughts that I may have that aren't aren't holy, aren't aren't godlike, aren't things that, you know, God would approve of. And you really have to kind of check yourself, be open with yourself, be honest with yourself, yeah. 
and look at what are those things that you're holding on to? What are those things that are in you now? And then the other part to that, caveat to that, is what are you doing to fill yourself? Mm-hmm. What are you filling yourself with? Right. And um, I know for me, um, I've, I'm one who, you know, I like, I'll read my Bible. I've not always been um, the best at staying up with it. But for me, you know, when I'm filling myself with the word of God, I can have a much better time. I can, I, the things that I'm outpouring are much better. Um, a good example of this, uh, just I'm being real with everyone here is this past week, you know, I had some things on my, on my mind that were frustrating to me. Um, not going to talk about what they were, what it was about, um, but it was very frustrating to me and weeks ago months ago years ago whatever that may be had this same scenario occurred i would have dealt with it in a much different manner than i did this time what's the difference i've made it a 66 day challenge um i'm looking at uh listening to another podcast called the one thing they talk often about the 66 days to form a habit i know people say 21 days these people claim 66 days i don't know what's right i'm going with it i'm going to give it a shot see but 66 days and you know i'll sit down and i'll read a chapter in the bible and then i'll write something on it write down a verse that stood out to me and i'll I'll write something on it and i've done that you know every day this week um and it's made a difference in my life it's definitely made a difference. I would have reacted completely differently if I wouldn't have been filling myself with those good things. And when I, you're completely filling yourself with those good things, the bad things come out, and they may not come out in your actions. They may not come out um, in what you say, but hopefully they come out of your mind yeah. too. And that's what I think kind of happened this week. I wasn't perfect. <laughs> I definitely wasn't perfect, but... I know I handled things way better this week because of that. Yeah. I know. I'll let you, I'll, no. I'll throw it over to you. No, that's good stuff, man. I mean, that's the thing is like the, I, I I'm a youth pastor by the way. I we haven't talked much about our job. I'm a youth pastor, so I deal with a lot of teens and um I tell them all the time, one of the hardest things about being a Christian is the idea of putting others first. And a lot of people say, "Yeah, you know, put your, you know, put others first." You know, the Bible says those who are first will last, last first. And but the when you really truly think about it, you know, that's everything you do. You put others first. And um inherently we're all selfish people. I mean, we're just born selfish. I mean, even as toddlers, it's all about me. As we get older, it's still about me. And so that's one of the biggest things that becoming Christ like, putting others first, but also that other point of glorifying God. And so what I tell teens all the time, I said, you know, it, 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 it's hard. It really is. You know, this life, you know, accepting Christ and doing all things is easy. But, you know, living it out isn't easy. You know, it, it right. takes work on our part. And I tell them every day, you know, you're going to come up with situations, people who frustrate you, uh, people who want you to do certain things. I, one of the best things that you can do, obviously, first is, you know, have a good uh, Bible study, uh, not Bible study reading the Bible every day, pray your life. But then when you come up with those situations, ask the question, what am I about to do? Is it going to glorify God? Because if it's not, then you already know your answer, right? 
And so then it's that, that constant checking of yourself every day. You know, did I fully surrender to Christ today? What can I do better? Um, but that's just filling yourself with those good fruits and, and, and being that good person. Um, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. But like you said, we're not perfect people. But every day we try to strive to get a little bit better. And so that's one thing I personally do is every day I look, did I fully surrender to, to God today? Which ways did I didn't? How can I get better at that? Oh, yeah, you know, I, I snapped at Judah there when I probably shouldn't have. Or, you know, I got really frustrated at someone in the meeting because they said this, and I probably acted in a certain way I shouldn't have. And uh, so and then to think, oh, how can I get better? You know, get better. Yeah. But like you said, the first thing is that you got to do is filling yourself with the Word. And when you're filling yourself with the Word, you're encountering God. And if you're encountering God, you know, it's, it makes all your other encounters better. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, you said something there that I I hold on to. You know, I think is very true in personal life. You know, with with uh, you know your spiritual life, um, but even you know your work, whatever you do. Is I had a football coach tell me, and I feel like I said it all the time. You're either getting better, or you're getting worse. You're never staying <laughs> the same. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's the truth. It's the truth. And it's the same thing in everything you do. So was this day better than yesterday? Well, yes, yes, it was. Okay, good. Now let's do it, do it again tomorrow. Sometimes it's no, uh, but you never stay the same. Right. Because there's always someone else or something else that's working towards you that's that's trying to attain what they want. Yeah. And if they're getting better and you're not, then you're subsequently getting worse. But anyway, that's kind of a side, no, a side thing. I love it, man. We did a, we did a, a study with our teens called Forward Motion. I told them, I said, you know, we call it a walk for a reason. We keep our eyes faced towards Christ. I said, we want to keep moving towards that. We want to keep walking towards being more Christ-like. Does that mean that we're always going to be walking forward every day? No, there's going to be times that we take a step back. There's going to be times that we uh, jump back sideways fall over but the main point is that we're keeping our eyes focused on christ that man that stunk what i did today but i want to keep moving forward yeah so yeah i love it man so i just i just want to encourage people um you know this week especially that you know a good man brings good things out of the goods stored up in him yeah um so what's the good stored up in you what are you storing up or what is stored up in you if you have something that's negative stored up um something that you're holding on to that that you know is just holding you back. I don't know. Maybe it's forgiving somebody, something, yourself, whatever it may be. Uh, you're going to have to let that go. Now, the easiest way to let that go is through Christ. If And, and I'm going to hold true to that. That's the easiest way. That's the best way, in my opinion. Um, but I know that there may be some people listening that, you know, this particular section of the podcast isn't something that they're comfortable with. Um I would, you know, I would encourage, you know, I'd love to, you know, have conversations with whomever about whatever about about Christ. But if that's something that you're not there yet, that's something that you don't feel comfortable with. Maybe you have different beliefs. I don't know whatever it is, but I still think that those words still hold true. There's a lot of things in the Bible that, you know, we take and, you know, we we look at and say, you know, this with Christ is Mm -hmm. is maximum potential. But there's a lot of things that people can gain, even if you don't believe or you don't believe at this point in your life. Uh, you know, good things come out of the good that's in sto- stored up inside of you. Um, 
I think that's going to hold true for anyone and everyone. Yeah. So fill yourself up with good things. If it's not the Bible, you know, listen to something positive. Yeah. Um, listen to positive music. Listen to podcasts. Read books. Listen to Our audio podcast. books. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> Share it out. If you want really good things, listen to our podcast. That's right. That's right. But but just start to fill yourself with positive things. That way you're you're filling yourself up with that, and then that stuff comes out of you to your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the, your workplace. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you bringing it bringing it tonight. We are. I th- this is a good podcast. I like it, but I think we are out of time here tonight. I think so. I think we definitely are. Who knows? I don't even know how long we've been talking. I'm just up here talking hunting stories and yeah. <laughs> and football and bows and, and God. And, and here we are, man. It, time flies when you're having fun. Well, I hope everyone enjoys it. Let us know what you think. And most importantly, hey, we got Instagram. We got Facebook, the Manly Things Podcast. Go check it out. Give us a like. Share it to some people. Share it to some guys or some gals even. You know, There might be some gals out there like hunting. Let them listen to this podcast and Man, we just love to talk with you guys if you want to connect with us there as well. But we are glad that you are enjoying it so far. Justin's giving me a thumbs up. All right, so this is it. Episode two of the Manly Things podcast. Remember, stay, stay manly. Stay manly.